Welcome to Christian Faith Center. We're a church that meets in multiple locations. If you'd like to know more about our church, just head to our website, experiencecfc.com. Thanks for joining us. Welcome to Christian Faith Center. We're a church that meets in multiple locations. If you'd like to know more about our church, just head to our website, experiencecfc.com. Thanks for joining us. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the podcast. Some people call it Leadership Life and Leisure. So glad that you're here today. My name is Dan. I'm the online pastor. Joined with Pastor Nathan. What's going on? Why don't, why don't you do this? Tell me what's new with coffee in the world. Tell I need to know. Oh, it feels like it's been a while. You guys skipped me on the last podcast. Um, what's new with Sorry. coffee? Let's see. Something I need to know. Um... <sighs> I don't know. I did. I, 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 my, so last time I had ordered this brew water thing, but mm-hmm. they were, they were out of stock. They were back ordered. Mm-hmm. And so I canceled the order <laughs> and it never showed up. So I haven't gotten to try brew water yet, but I want to. Yeah. So I actually just thought of that and I've forgotten to reorder it now. So I should reorder it. He orders water just to brew. Well, well, well coffee. it's, yeah. You brew. put the water, you put like these, these <laughs> oh, minerals. Sorry. It's like a packet of minerals that you buy. And you pour it into distilled water and you use that water. So it's not like they're shipping me like water, like holy water or something. It's like, mm. it's just, you good. mix it in with your water. <laughs> wow. I think mm. holy water is actually a good business opportunity. You know, <laughs> just like say we sell holy water. <laughs> it's like, so. Just it's you questionable. Know, from the tap. Like Evian. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And um, we're joined with the one and only Sean Martin. Repeat. Doc Martin. Yes, Doc Martin. I love this. I should have worn my Doc Martens. We were like thinking about names and we went with Dr. Sean and then you just said it and we're Doc like, Martin. Why have we not thought about this? I'm man, not a doctor. Is... So mm. I don't one even day, play one on television. Maybe? No. No. No, I just paid off my student loan. <laughs> uh, you know. I don't it's think time I'm gonna for start. more. No. <laughs> no. No, 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 no. No? No, I'm too poor. No, but we had we had to have you back, honestly. I, I said it earlier in joking that it was one of our top grossing podcasts, but it was one of the highest viewed podcasts mm, yeah. that people really loved uh, what we what we talked about the first time we had Sean Martin with us. We talked about technology and anxiety and different things, and so we, uh, we decided, hey, let's do a follow-up, because you are one of our most popular guests ever, yeah. out of like five. Yeah. <laughs> well, the glory goes, <laughs> not to me, but to the Lord. Yeah. Well, so good. Happy that you're back. Um, we've been we've been kind of planning to do this once a month. We went crazy in January, and now now we're kind of getting into a rhythm, just going once a month. And we might have some bonus content every now and then. So you, you want to make sure you're looking for that. The easiest way to get notified is to subscribe on YouTube or the podcast app. Then that way you'll just get a notification every time something is new. Sound good? Did I miss anything? Sounds great. You did great. All the details. Thank you. What's going on new in in your life when it comes to pizza? In my life? I have been taking pizza very seriously. I actually started doing the toss. It actually makes a big difference. Oh Hmm. my goodness, I have to see this. Like, I thought that people just did it to show off, 
But I it think, actually works. I think by the time we edit this, you need to do a video of you tossing the pizza so that we can edit it into the video. Just the awkward thing of me. No, just yeah. It's not awkward. Pizza. We're talking about it right now. Do you want okay. to see him toss a pizza? I want to know what the difference is. What does it yeah, do well, that yeah. makes it so okay. special? So you, you like try and spread it out. You can even use like a rolling pin. It just doesn't work. But like there's something with like the air and there's like it's evenly pushing when you're throwing it up in the air versus like pushing it to the side and then this side moves in and the the dough is like it, it has a tendency to move back to the middle mm-hmm. and so that makes sense I, i'm trying to do like the neapolitan bougie style where it's like you let it sit for 24 hours before you actually bake it and so on. what kind of crust is it like a sourdough crust no it's no just, just regular plain Whatever there's like four ingredients: flour, water, yeast, and salt. We've been trying to encourage him to get like a fancy pizza oven that could be like a fire oven pizza, right? But that's why we're doing this podcast because we need a top grossing podcast so that Pastor Dan can afford a pizza oven. (laughs) (laughs) What you were describing earlier sounded like my daughter's Easy Bake Oven, though. So is yeah, I mean, could you use one for that? It's easy. It is small. It's like an Easy Bake Oven, but like really hot like i think it gets like like 800 degrees or something it has to be so yeah i think that's the problem is like most ovens go up to like what 500 500 550 Mm -hmm. and so you get this oven that's like really 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 small that gets really high temperature and you put it in for just like a few minutes yeah and Mm -hmm. that's that's kind of it's a certain style of pizza though there's doesn't need to be hot because the cheese has to melt at the same time the the crust cooks mm-hmm. and often the, the crust the takes longer than the cheese does and so. right so i think that's why the fire's up top right i don't know i don't know either i'm not anyways i, mm-hmm. I need to buy an easy bake oven before mm-hmm. i can just don't plug it decision. into 220 <laughs> <laughs> that really will make some fire i think if you did that yeah maybe maybe outside first yeah well since we're going around do you have any hobbies you want to tell us about Hobbies that I want to tell you about. Um, what's, what's new in the Christian music? Oh, yeah. 80s, Christian rock. 80s music. 80s, new hey, in 80s. wow. Um, I don't know. Um, Carmen died not too I long ago. I was going to say that. Yeah. That was sad. Yeah, he, was, uh, he was pretty big in my time. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of sad. Absolutely. Um, but no. Um, nothing I know of. Uh, no comeback tours that I'm aware of from <laughs> Petra or Striper or anybody else that I'm When are aware you going to come back? When am I going to make a comeback? Yeah. Well, um, my DX7 was broken back in the early 90s. And if some people might know what that is, you might know what that know is. What that is too. That's an early uh, digital Yamaha uh, synthesizer Mm -hmm. so i wanted to be in one of those hair bands i really did really badly i wanted to be the synth guy i wanted a keytar you know what those are yeah oh man a keytar would have been awesome oh man came and went before my time i was busy Mm -hmm. in bible college by that time and so did you have long hair back in the day i had a mullet wow okay we're infusing a picture or a video of dan Tossing a pizza and you with a mullet. I, I have a photo us? of that, All right. black and white, because it's old. Oh, wow. Um, but yeah, I had a mullet. My mom wanted to cut it off so badly when I came home from You're school. Like, this said, is my strength. It was. <laughs> yeah. It was. It looked really good. Just read the Samson scripture. You're like, Mom, leave me alone. Do you know what happened when he cut his hair? 
Can't cut my mullet. It's, can't. it's business in the front and party in the back. <laughs> you can't touch this. That's what I'm saying. Leave it alone. That's Fine. amazing. That was fun times. I love it. Well, I'm glad we went there. I didn't know. I learned so now much you know. about you, about your hair. Yeah, mullet was, and it's making a comeback. I see it guys is. with the mullet yeah. now. You yeah. tried to do one for a while. Actually. I did. It Euro was more mullet. of like what they call a Euro mullet. So I had a little bit of like some fringe back here. But that was about it. A yearlet? A yearlet. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know what you call it. But. <laughs> a yearlet. That's awesome. I kind of like that. Mm-hmm. But then you'd name. have to have a German accent to go with it. A yearlet. And that would be really cool. Yeah. We did just start a Slavic campus. Yeah. So it's kind of similar. Actually, it's a funny thing the other day, which, by the way, I mean, Slavic campus is going great. But I was there uh, two weeks ago, and I was just sitting in the back. And um, there was a guy, a gentleman came up to me. We have translation earpieces. And he comes up just like rattling off Russian to me. And I was like, uh, I speak English, English, English. He's like, oh, no, 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 no. And, uh, <laughs> and so I felt like it was really a compliment that he thought that I looked Russian enough to just spout out all of this stuff in Russian. He was looking for awesome. a translation device. So he's like, no, 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 no here, no here. And uh, it was awesome. So, anyways, mm-hmm. Russian is a very interesting language. It sounds very angry. Yeah. Probably yeah. similar to German. So, I don't know. We should get into this podcast. So. Should we? Okay. <laughs> we've talked enough about, I don't know what Random we've talked stuff. about. Things, Life and leisure. Uh, definitely, Life and, the definitely lots of leisure. Let's get into the leadership part of leadership, life, and leisure. Yep. And um, so, we have your, your uh, licensed counselor. Is that, that's right. That's, yeah, okay. that's, that's fair. I pay okay. for it every year. He's <laughs> like, boy, am I licensed. <laughs> I'm insured for bonded. Yeah. Um, but we kind of wanted to talk about um, dealing with difficulty and having hope in hard times and kind of just just the, the challenge sometimes where we live in a fallen world. We live in, in, in a place and time where there's still issues going on. And, mm-hmm. and how do we have hope? How do we lean on Jesus? in these moments in time. And so we'll, yeah. we'll kind of get into it, but um, I, I kind of wanted to just kind of get your perspective. I think some people have a, an opinion of how, how you respond to someone. And oftentimes probably people don't respond the right way when someone's in pain, when mm. someone's hurting, when sure. someone's dealing with something. But I just kind of wanted to start out with this question where, where maybe uh, people just need to hear, like, wh- what does someone need to hear in, in that moment? If you're talking to somebody yeah. that's dealing with difficulty, that's dealing with depression, that's dealing with grief, like, uh, w- what mm-hmm. do they need the most at that moment in time? Is there something they need to hear? Is there, they, they just mm-hmm. need somebody there? But maybe you could kind of speak to that. Yeah. Well, there's, on two levels, I can speak to that because I've been in, in that moment uh, when I was in an accident, I lost my daughter. So, um, the people that really were a help to me were the ones that just came up to me, uh, maybe put an arm around my shoulder without really saying anything. Um, mm-hmm. And I can talk more about that. I think there's a question about what to say later on. But um, the ones that just embrace me, um, I'm, you know, I'm here for you. I'm, I'll be praying for you. Um, were really, really helpful to me um, as a as a counselor. I found I'm more drawn to um, just being a presence. Mm. Um, I learned early on through my experience that I just shared and also through um, in, in my internship when I was taking classes to be a counselor that I found myself 
and I can only speak for how I operate. I can't speak for other counselors, other professionals, but being a presence and listening um, is very, very important um, without offering really necessarily any advice or any any kind of words of, of wisdom, so to speak. Um, I think people, and especially in our time now, um, they feel alone, and, and rightly so because of the pandemic and how they've been um, – you know, taken back from everything they used to do. And you can't meet with more than four people and all these kind of things uh, that we hear. You you know, you got to have a mask. And so you, you get in your car and, oh, I forgot my mask, you know, because we, we've been isolating ourselves. And we've been doing this for so long uh, that I find people just need to know you're there. Yeah. Um, and if you're not adept at Facebook or FaceTime, excuse me, or WebEx or Zoom, you know, <laughs> you should be knowing how to use these tools by now. Uh, because it's what we have and what we've been using for this last year to try to connect with people. Mm-hmm. So people are really wanting to know, uh, are you here? You know, and it's, it's, we, we do the best we can in the time we live in um, because we are people that need physical touch. I mean, hugs are great. I like mm-hmm. hugs. They don't bother me a bit. I miss them, you know, because now we're like, you know, you might have the disease. And so we have to stay, you know, um, you know, apart from each other. And I think it's it's been really hard on human beings to do this. Um, and it causes a lot of problems. Um, and I have seen that in the field that I work in. People are just hungry for touch, hungry for knowing somebody's there. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing, uh, as I already alluded to, is listening. And so... Um, we're really quick to offer platitudes. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I have heard them all. um, I think we had talked after our podcast last time how after I lost my daughter, people would say all kinds of things. And and I realize they do this because they they want to feel better, not necessarily to to make you feel better, but they want to feel better about at least saying something or doing something Mm -hmm. that's... um, you know, it appears that they're helpful. Um, the thing that people don't realize is that most of the time that is not helpful. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I've heard things like, you know, well, she's in a better place. Well, that just made me angry because yeah. I think she should be here with me. Mm-hmm. Um, all things work together for the good of those that love God. I heard that one um, and that equally painful didn't didn't help me at all. Uh, and so um, from the pulpit one time, because I had heard you know, people say this and realized people just don't know. You know, they're trying. They're trying to be helpful. It's not, I'm not trying to criticize that part, mm-hmm. but they just don't know yeah. how much you're hurting and that that doesn't help. Mm-hmm. Um, and so from the pulpit, I remember saying, and I got my finger in the air. I said, don't you ever do this to people. You know, it hurts. It doesn't help us. Yeah. You know, if you want to give me a hug or you, you, if you want to say I'm here for you and mean it, um, that that makes a big difference, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but spouting off scriptures isn't helping me. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I just, you know, wanted to throat punch people. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so God needed another angel. <laughs> yes, oh, I, I heard like, that one too. kidding me? Uh, and so, you know, and they just, and I realized, and, and so the, the Lord convicted me, and, you know, and I had to step back and go, okay, they, they're trying. They're not yeah. meaning any harm by this. Yeah. Um, so early on, I brought that kind of, of mentality into counseling where I'm not there 
to think of some clever platitude because it's really not going to help them. What's going to help them is I'm present, I'm listening, I'm here, um, and you're not alone. I think you're right. I I mean, I know I've been in that situation where looking at somebody dealing with something my thought is, I need to say something to to make everything right Mm -hmm. or uh, somehow help them. And it it is weird how there's like that kind of need to like speak up and say something at that moment in time. And um, just, just, I know being on the other side, dealing with some grief and dealing with things and in 2019, we had a stillborn yeah. son, and kind of walking through that, I, I kind of had that same realization where um, I, I realized it it wasn't the people that had all this great advice that were really helping me through that. It was the people that were there. Actually, I remember um, Pastor Jordan came in, actually, when we were in the hospital, and he, he said something like, this really stinks. And I actually remember being like, that's actually really refreshing that somebody's right. not trying to, like, spin it but just like mm. actually bringing the reality to what's mm. going on where yeah. th- this isn't where i want to be this isn't what i want to deal with this is painful this is difficult and actually admitting that this is hard is actually really refreshing to me and i can mm. kind of begin the process of grieving because now i'm like oh this right th- this okay. does hurt yeah, yeah. yeah it's an affirmation yeah. absolutely yeah and I, I i keep bringing it up on these podcasts but you know again are you you read through the book of Psalms and it's it's a lot of just honest prayers, right. you know, of yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. You know, I mean, these are like, we don't speak like that necessarily anymore, but that's like, God, yeah. this sucks. You know, yeah. like this mm. is this is not fun. Right. And uh, I think that somehow we've just painted this picture that, you know, Christianity has to be like all rosy all the time and you know, I just I just don't see that in Scripture, you know, and I, I think that it's okay to, like you said, to have those feelings of like, I do yeah. not, I don't like this, you know, right. and, and God, I'm even somewhat upset about this, you know, sure. why would you mm-hmm. let this happen? And instead, we just like gloss over it, you know, and, and I, I think that the process of walking through it is, is where a lot of healing takes place and, and all yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, I was kind of thinking about this of, and as I walk through that, I realized I have no idea how to grieve. Mm. Um, I have no idea how to do that. Could you maybe talk through like in our Western culture and our our world right now, maybe how do we miss the grieving process? Um, Like I know in the, in the Bible, in the old Testament, it talks about how uh, God put in all these instructions for how to grieve. Like it was this long drawn out process because it was something that needed to happen and we've just kind of moved over all of this in fact i i remember hearing this this pastor carrie newhoff i think he said it this way that leadership is a it's a series of ungrieved losses where we have so many painful experiences some bigger than others some maybe not that big but still significant could be a loss of a friendship or something like that and we just go on with life and never deal with it. Could you maybe yeah. talk to kind of the, the way we're missing it and kind of what sure. that does to us? Yeah. Um, yeah, we're, we're not very good at it. Yeah. Um, we're not really taught how to um, grieve. It's not something we have classes on. Um, but it is a present reality. Everybody loses somebody. And as we age, and I'm older than you guys, um, I've lost friends. 
who passed away. Um, and that will happen more as you age. Uh, it's just a reality. So, you know, in a sense, as you age, you, you realize this is, this is how life is, is. This is the way it's going to be. Um, I used to have an article that I would bring to my group, uh, and it had a picture of a drive through funeral chapel. Literally, you uh, could go through, push a button, and see the deceased in their uh, casket. And there was a book that would be there you could sign, and then you could drive on. Uh, and I, I think that speaks to, you know, how we became a society that just does not do this. Mm-hmm. Um, we glaze over it. We get it done as quickly as we can because, you know, I got to go to work. I got my own family to take care of. I got the, all these other things going on. And now with COVID, it's even made it worse because now we can't even have a service. Now we're putting it off, you know, until, you know, we can meet together. Uh, and so people are wounded and they're walking around without any consolation from anybody. Mm-hmm. And it's extremely sad. So we're not, we're, we're really not good at it. Um, I would have people in my group that would tell me, you know, I was doing okay. And then my dad passed away. And so then I did meth, you know, or I got back into alcohol, you know, and they would, it's just the, the realization we don't like pain and we don't like emotional pain. Mm-hmm. And so any way that I could keep from hurting, uh, I'm going to try to do that. And it could be through any kind of avoidance. Um, in any way, you know, bury yourself in, in movies or whatever it is or food or anything else um, because we're really not taught that emotional pain is okay. Like mm-hmm. you were saying, you know, the pastor affirmed you. This stinks. Yes, it does. This is, mm-hmm. this is horrible. And to, to feel the feelings that you have, it's going to hurt. Mm-hmm. And that's just part of living uh, that you're going to have these pain, painful times. You know, we need to affirm people. We think that you know, we're going to go through the grieving process, you know, denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance, and we're going to be okay. We're going to get to the rainbow, you know, when I get to acceptance, then the puppy dogs, the rainbows, and all these other things are going to happen. Well, it doesn't work like that. Um, I would explain to people, you're going to go through this cycle over and over again, and some days you're going to wake up and you're going to be angry, and you're like, well, it's been years, how come I'm still mad about this? Yeah. Or you're going to wake up and you're going to be like, oh, I can't believe they're gone. You know, it's like this denial uh, still. So um, I found, you know, my, my little girl has been gone for 20 years. Um, and, and the pain has become less acute uh, because time has, has passed so much so that, you know, memories fade. You know, and you're just like, was that, what was she, you know. And, and you, you feel guilty because you, you're like, oh, I don't remember, you know, because it's been all these years. Mm. The pain is less acute, but it's not gone. Yeah. I still miss her, and I always will. Yeah. And that's just the reality that we face. Grief bursts um, are not uncommon, and that's when you're just sitting there, and there's something that reminds you, and all of a sudden you're just weeping, and you don't know, you know, you didn't expect it. You know, unfortunately for me, I had a job that my boss said, anytime you need to leave, just tell me and you go and you, you come back when you're okay. Mm-hmm. And I had lots of people who would just listen to me. Um, and I would just say, man, I just miss her today. I'm just having a tough day. And my spouse, very much so, you know, when we would talk about her, we didn't, we didn't try to not have feelings. We, we would share with one another mm-hmm. our pain and it deepened our relationship as husband and wife. And it bonded us closer together. Um, statistically, a lot of a lot of relationships don't make it through a loss like that. Mm. 
But we had Jesus, of course. Um, we had good families, and we had the ability to turn to one another yeah. uh, in our pain, and God brought us through it. But yeah, we are terrible at at these. I th- I say if we, <laughs> and it sounds really morbid, but bring back the wake, you know, where we we used to have the deceased in the house, and it'd be like for three days, and you'd people would come by and bring their funeral casserole and whatever else, and mm-hmm. you would talk about the person, the stories, and share, and it would just bring such a bonding, you know, to the society and to the, to the family and to the friendship and to the church. Um, but we don't do that now. And yeah, so yeah. it's, uh, I think we have a lot of people who are still hurting because they have never had the chance to really, really grieve. Yeah. What, are, what are some steps that you, you think people could really take that are, you know, a little more tangible, you know, to help grieving? Is it, you know, important to you mentioned having, you know, your wife that you could talk to. Right. Um, you know, what would you encourage people to do to walk through the process? Again, I can speak from my experience, um, but having someone to talk to is huge. Um, I would say, you know, the people in the church should be the front line, mm-hmm. kind of the first responders, really, mm-hmm. to someone in pain, whether that's some uh, a lay person or a pastor um, but be able to reach out to them uh, and, and to seek comfort in them because they'll share prayer with you and they'll share the word with you and they'll be there for you. And that's what people really, really do need. Um, I had that uh, with my family and I had uh, the denomination that we're part of was there for me. We had a church buy us a car. I mean, all kinds of neat things happened. Yeah. Um, just in tangible ways. But if people don't know you're hurting, um, you can't blame them right. for not helping. And so I think people in our time, we need to stop being cowboys mm-hmm. and John Wayne, and I can do it myself uh, because it doesn't help to, to be like that. You're not going to get any kind of yeah. assistance. If it's you're only not. a matter of time, in my experience, before that yeah. bursts you know like right. I, I can do this on my own I don't need anybody right. and it just builds and builds and builds yeah. and then he comes a point in time yeah where something breaks loose you know and right and uh but I think you're right we live in such an independent you know I starts at a young age my two-year-old is going through that right now she wants to buckle herself in the car seat she wants right. to put her own socks and shoes on she wants to put her clothes on you know yeah. she wants to feed herself you know the and then it just keeps going, you know, and you don't you don't want to talk about your vulnerabilities. You don't want to talk about your pain. You don't want to talk about your hurt. You don't want to talk about that you're grieving. And then, you know, like you said, you're somehow in the back of your mind expecting that somebody is going to, you know, somehow pick up on this and, and it just doesn't happen. Yeah. So I would I would even say, like, look for those warning signs where mm-hmm. I had this weird thought when I have a four four-month-old son and he'll go like a couple days without pooping and I've noted we started to notice this trend about him that the longer he goes the angrier he gets like uh, I don't know if you want to know this but he pooped this morning so he's doing great um but as the days goes on it's like he he kind of gets more irritable. Yeah, and get I thought, that boy some prune juice, man. The doctor like, said it was normal. What we in we the actually world? act about it. But, four mm, days. Um, <laughs> but, but, but as the days go on, like as he gets closer, it's like he gets more and more irritable. And to me, like, I kind of look at it similar. Like, you might, you might not have had a blowout just yet. 
in your life. It's true. But but you can kind of see those warning signs, like you're getting more irritable, things are getting more tense in mm-hmm. your marriage or whatever, and you, you might just yeah. be on the verge of something. And so kind of paying attention to those things sure. are, mm-hmm. I think are really important. Yeah. Um, yeah. But maybe you could kind of drill down on, um, maybe there's someone watching that's kind of keeps it to themselves and um, uh, that maybe they're, they're more of a private person, but maybe, yeah. maybe what are they missing out on? I know for me, it, it, it really helped because I, I reached out to people that maybe I wouldn't have before, but in those moments, but what, kind of what, what are you benefiting from just finding somebody to be around to have that right relationship? Yeah, it's not easy. Um, I'm, I'm an introvert by nature. I, I get tired <laughs> with with mm-hmm. being with people yeah so you know my days off are very precious to me um but at the same time uh relationships are so important because by the bible even says iron sharpens iron if we don't have relationships we're not really growing you can read all the books you want and, and whatever else but mm-hmm. really we're created for this mm-hmm. and we're not really going to grow if we're not interacting with each other mm-hmm. um some people are like oh i don't want to interact with people um, you're you're missing out on some opportunities to not only grow but to be a blessing to somebody else. You don't think about how you're uh, being involved or being at church. You know, it's like you had mentioned my folks weren't here. You, you're missing somebody, right? Mm-hmm. Somebody's uh, missing, and you don't realize uh, that you can that you're a blessing just by being present, just mm-hmm. by being being a part of something. Uh, and so I love it that CFCS small groups. I I, I didn't want to ever do one because I don't <laughs> be around people, but we're doing one, and it's challenging for me because now I got people in my space and they're at my house, and what are they going to think about the drapes, you know, or whatever else you're worrying about? You the know, drapes are great. <laughs> I, I really love How would you know? You've never been in my house, but uh, it's it's challenging and it's helping me grow. Uh, and I think we have to look at it in that regard. Look, what am I missing here? Well, I'm not growing because I'm not interacting with people. I'm not interfacing with other human beings. Uh, and sometimes that can be challenging, you know, because people, yeah. like you say, get irritable. Or, mm-hmm. you know, they, maybe they're having a, a bad day or a tough day. And uh, we, we don't grow unless we're interfacing with others. Do you find... Because you brought up introverted and extroverted, and I, I personally have, I, I heard a talk recently when I was in Houston um, that really challenged me about in, in, introverted and extroverted leaders. And, you know, he basically made this comment during the talk that said, you know, a lot of pastors are extroverted. I, I'm very extroverted. Mm-hmm. A lot of pastors are extroverted, and they, they're so tired on Sundays, you know, they they preach two or three messages and lead people and everybody, you know, pray with people and, right. you know, shepherd people. And they're, they're, they're very exhausted and they go home for the rest of the afternoon and pick up their phones and scroll through social media right. because deep down extroverted people are recharged when they're tired by being with people. Right. And we, we feel that, you know, that, that we need to rest by being at home on our butt you know, but we're actually not recharging ourselves, and it's actually making us worse. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I was, I was wondering specifically about like, you know, introverted and extroverted. Do you see that that really does affect the ability for people to grieve and to 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 walk through the hurt process? Because 
you know, similar to that example where certain personality types tend to be able to grieve better than others? And, and what have you kind of learned with that? I don't, I don't think that types really matter. Okay. Everybody's different. Um, I have a kiddo who's extremely extroverted. She told me today, she said, Dad, I get charges out of being around other people, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so that's how she grows. She's not a reader. She doesn't like to write. She doesn't like any of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But she likes to be around other people all the time. Mm-hmm. And that's how she does recharge, which is, mm-hmm. I, you know, weird to me. Um, for me grieving, uh, I did experience help from others. But I read books, too. I read Dobson's uh, When God Doesn't Make Sense, which was helpful. I read Job. Mm-hmm. Um, I read uh, Sitzer's uh, Grace Disguised, mm-hmm. which was really good because here was a man who had a car accident and lost his mom, his mm-hmm. wife, and I think one of his children in one accident. Mm-hmm. So he understood, you know, the kind of pain that I was experiencing. Yeah. But reading was helpful to me. Mm-hmm. Um, for someone like my kiddo, uh, now mm, she, you couldn't make her sit down with a book if you paid her money, I think. It's just not something yeah. that she does. So do you think it's okay to kind of lean into the grieving process, you know, for what you're, you know, I guess what I'm saying is maybe an extroverted personality does have a tendency to be able to talk to people about that a little easier because they enjoy talking to people. They enjoy being with people. That's what they're going to default to anyways. Um, You know, and, and, but I think regardless, introverted, extroverted, it is important, at least is what I hear you saying to, to still talk about things with somebody, you know, even yourself, you know, sure. yes, reading and being alone and whatever, but, but also, you know, really pushing yourself out to, to talk with somebody and to, to, to walk through that process verbally with people sure. or whatever. But well, the key, that didn't go anywhere. Was, the key, I think, for <laughs> anyone, if you know Jesus Christ, you're going to go to him first. Yeah. And God can handle it. Uh, there was a time... In the beginning part, where I was screaming at God. I was so mad. Yeah. I was so angry. And you know what? God could handle it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I felt, I really felt the Lord's presence more in my agony than mm-hmm. in any other time in my life, which seems yeah. kind of weird. But the Lord understands our suffering. He, mm-hmm. he does. He came to this earth, lived as a human being, so he understands pain. He understands it very well. Yeah. He died on the cross, yeah. which is horrific pain. Yeah. He knows our pain. His friend died. Mm-hmm. He was able to raise his friend. I mean, he understands it. Mm-hmm. So we can go to him anytime, and God is always there to listen to yeah. us. Yeah, uh, I think we just have to be aware, uh, and I've talked about grief bursts, unexpected pain. You know, let yourself feel it. Mm-hmm. It's okay. Yeah. It's okay to feel pain. Uh, and just be aware that, you know, it could happen at any time. Mm-hmm. You know, you may see a little kid playing on the playground, like, and, and that was a trigger for me. It's like, oh, my goodness. Yeah, you know, and then I'd have a have a burst. I wasn't expecting that. Yeah, but we have to just let ourselves experience mm-hmm. it as we do, mm-hmm. because nobody's the same. Everybody's different in how they grieve. Time frames are ridiculous. Mm-hmm. You know, well, in five years or whatever. No, let's don't do that because everybody's mm-hmm. different. Mm-hmm. You know, and some people will never be back to normal. Mm-hmm. What is normal anyway, especially in our time? Yeah, yeah, that's good. You, you kind of mentioned just just you. You talking to God and dealing with that. Could you maybe go into the theology of when bad things happen? Because I, I would say most people, when when bad things happen, at least in 
in America, I feel like we don't really have an explanation for this. Where maybe, <laughs> right. maybe in biblical times, they they could explain this a little better. There was more persecution, and but we kind yeah. of have this assumption that bad things don't happen. And <laughs> and it, really, I think God wants us to live a blessed life, but Absolutely. we also li- live in a world where I actually looked at your notes and you wrote this down, John sixteen thirty three. Yeah. In this world, you'll face much trouble, but yeah. take heart, I've overcome the world. But maybe exactly. could you just explain, as I just stole your thoughts, come up with a new, just kidding. <laughs> maybe just dig into... Um, just what is, what is what do you think God wants us to understand in all of that, and and maybe explain why why we face these things in in our world? And, and it's a fallen yeah. world. I mean, that's the number one. It's a sinful world. It's got evil in it. It's got suffering in it. Uh, it's got problems in it. Um, some of uh, I think some of my own dysfunction that occurred after the accident. There was a lot of blame. I blamed myself for it, uh, and that went on for years. I actually blamed myself for years and made me very unhealthy. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes in the Christian circle, we're always looking for an, a reason you're suffering. Well, you must have sin in your life, or your faith is too little. You know, it's something of yeah. this nature where, you know, and we're actually like, you know, navel gazing, like, oh God, what have I, what have I done wrong? Maybe. And I'm not saying that there aren't consequences, you know, for people's um, sinful behavior, what have you, but. Um, these kind of things that happen that are extremely painful. It's it's a fallen world, folks. Um, and I really started getting better when I stopped saying, why me? And I started saying, why not me? Mm. The world's full of suffering. Mm. Uh, I think at the time that I had lost my little girl, um, there had been like this big typhoon in Thailand. A bunch of people were, were killed through that experience. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's just that kind of thing that goes on all the time around us. And Jesus didn't say he was going to take us out of the trouble. He just said he's, that we we're going to have it and that he'd be there with us. Mm-hmm. Um, and so having Jesus with me in the suffering is, is, is priceless. I, I don't know how I would have made it without Christ yeah. uh, in my life at that time. So um, he's going to be with us. And here's another thing that I've learned. How is your faith going to grow if you don't experience some trial to stretch it or to grow it? Mm-hmm. Uh, it just it doesn't happen. Um, and so the greatest teacher in my life has been Rachel um, because she's taught me so much. Uh, and, I, of course, I miss her horribly, but I wouldn't be the man I am today if I had lost her mm-hmm. uh, because it made, me, it made me grow. It made me press into the Lord. Uh, it changed. It actually changed my professional life because I was a pastor. And I was like, and I started asking myself, how do people survive this without uh, God? Yeah, you know, and, and without somebody to talk to. And mm-hmm. so I wanted to be that counselor that is available and there for people who are in, in agony and pain. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was able to do that in prisons. Mm-hmm. Uh, not so much now with what I do, but. You know, I wanted to be that, and it changed my profession so that I could become that yeah. uh, in my life. So it's it's all about, um, I think it's all about a lot of growth in, mm-hmm. and what the Lord wants to do in our growing. If we don't have trials and hardships, our roots are not going to grow deep. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know how else you build character. If somebody can come up with a character pill and market and sell it, that would be terrific. But I don't mm-hmm. think that it's going to happen. Because my experience tells me that unless we have hardships, we are not going to grow and we're not wow. going to be able to, we're not going to be able to touch people and reach people 
the way that we we can if we understand what it is to hurt. Yeah. So I think one of my favorite new lines is that we live life in forward, but we understand life in reverse. Mm-hmm. And it's so true, you know, like that. I, I think, I think that the the idea of God and what He sees compared to the time and and the way that we see things, I just don't think that it's even anywhere close to the same. That we right. we live life for and forwards, and it's you know one day at a time, one hour mm-hmm. at a time, one step at a time. And then there comes a point where we look back and we go, oh, I understand this now, you know? And every, every, again, it certainly doesn't diminish the pain and diminish the the heartache that goes through it all. But every difficult season in my life, I've always years later looked back and and understood it, you know, and and gone, wow, like you said, I... I hate that this happened and it was so hard. And and I don't even, you know, always like saying that it was God that caused it, you know. I don't even I don't I think that's very rarely the case. I think it's that we, you know, that there's a fallen nature and, you know, things that at play here, but but that God allows us to walk through these things and then we look back and we understand it. And I think God is kind of looking down at these things and and it's all just so simple to him we're living life the best we can in forwards right. and you know and we don't fully under, under understand all that's happening but like you said you come in day where you look back and you know what like yeah. i'm i am now a part of helping so many people to grieve helping so many people to walk yeah. through difficult times and while that painful situation was so terrible and i wouldn't wor- wish it on my worst enemy right. i now look back and I understand that it was this moment in time that, you know, that, that, that pushed me in a different direction that now I'm walking in what I'm walking in. And, and it was because of that. Right. And um, I, I one time I was watching Star Wars and I don't remember which movie it was. But there's this scene where Han Solo and the whole crew are in the Millennium Falcon and, and the Empire is like bearing down on them. And they fly into this asteroid field. And I, I had this realization that, like, the enemy was after them. And they, and they flew into an asteroid field, which would be, like, that's a bad scenario. It's not a fun, it's a painful, difficult thing to go into an asteroid field. But it was in the process of going into the asteroid field. And then I think some big thing, like, come and ate them. And then they had to, like, break out of that thing and... They walked through this extremely difficult series of events, but on the other side of it, the enemy was no longer on their tail. And, and I had this realization that, like, we see things as, like, what we're in right now, right. and we, we feel this, like, asteroid field that's beating us up, and we get eaten by this giant <laughs> monster, and it's, like, pressing in all around us. <laughs> but on the other side of that, I've almost always found there's a season of, of closeness with God. There's a season of just tremendous blessing. There's, a, there's always a season of, of, of uh, direction and change in your life. And, 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 and then you look back and you go, man, it felt so hard in that season. But the things that I was dealing with back yeah. there 
I'm no longer dealing with anymore. The things right. that, that were bearing down on me and I thought could potentially take me out, now that I've gone through this asteroid field, if you will, yeah. on the other side of it, those are the things that I'm not facing anymore. And I'm, I'm living in this new season of, right. of growth and maturity. And, and I, I just think that it certainly doesn't make the, the pain go away, but it can help to potentially reframe the way that we look at difficult seasons to, to realize that there is a, a, a purpose. There is something that is working behind the scenes. And, um, you know, again, don't tell people that, though, when they're walking through that. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> like we said earlier, I, I always stay away from that. But, you know, it is a reality at play that all of the things that, you know, are, are bearing down on us on the end of a difficult or on the other side of a difficult season, it's it's not there anymore. You know, right. we've we've outgrown that. We've matured past that. We've we've um, we've gotten to a new place where where those things are not, you know, not not what we're struggling with anymore. Right. And things are different. And we we've reframed the way we look at life and the way that we have a relationship with our wife and, and with God and, and with our other family members and with our career. And, and, and I I love the the beauty of that while not diminishing the pain and everything, obviously, but every star Wars movie has got, it's got some theology in there. Yeah. You end up in cloud city. Yeah. (laughs) Cloud city. Empire strikes back until Darth Vader. 1980 sneaks there and betrays you. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, didn't know we were going to Star Wars. I had all the figures when I was a kid. Oh. You did? Oh, yeah. They'd be worth a lot of money. Yeah. But I sold them for fireworks. <laughs> fireworks? <laughs> I did. Age 12. <laughs> That's amazing. Were they like cool fireworks or you just... You I don't even remember. I just remember I sold all my Star Wars stuff like a fool because they were all first-run toys and they'd be worth money nowadays. Wow. All for... 10 seconds of All for bliss. some bottle rockets or whatever we <laughs> yeah. ended up shooting off. I, I don't even every, remember. Every time I buy fireworks, I always remember. I'm like, this was so much money. And it yes, just yeah. went away. So fast. So fast. I, I think a couple times I've gone with you, and yeah. I'm like, I'm not going to spend anything because I always it got seems mad like at a you waste too. of money. I'm like, come on. But like, if I'm you like, buy $100 worth and I buy $100 worth. I mean, I'm we'll all have, for you buying we'll have $200 worth of fireworks. But he be, was never on board. You know, it'll last 10 yeah, minutes instead he's of five. smarter than me. Trying to get me to buy fireworks. But listen, a pizza, a pizza oven, oven would last. Okay. That's true. You would get a lot more than 10 minutes worth of enjoyment out of that. Yeah. And then he would come by more. And, oh, yeah. And I visit would, you. I would, I would come by for sure. Although right now, make sure my drapes are in order. <laughs> drapes. I don't, I'm not a drape judge. I said I like this. They can bring you Papa Murphy's, you know. Yeah, Ooh. just pop it in. That would be great in a fire oven, actually. Mm. Sorry, I was squirrel. Gonna make, I was going to make my own. Where? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, we were just talking about my distractedness before, so here we are. Here we are talking about Star Wars and pizza ovens in the middle. Um, uh, yeah, I was. I actually had this thought as you were kind of talking about the theology of it. You, you kind of mentioned like, is there sin in your life? If someone would say that, and I just remember there's a Bible passage that 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 exact thing happens. I forget the reference. I think it's in John somewhere, one of those Gospels. Um, you can find it on Google if you want, but um, not a sponsor. <laughs> um, but the, there's That's this passage boy, yes. where this this guy this guy was born blind and 
um, these people come to Jesus and they ask him, was it this person that sinned or was it his parents? And Jesus says, no, 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 you have it wrong here. This this happens so that God would get the glory. And, mm-hmm. and I think sometimes we assume, oh, there must be sin or there must be. It's it's easy to give an easy explanation. Right. Like I think sometimes we, we just want to understand things. And I think that's kind of the challenge we deal with with mm-hmm. God so often is we, we want to understand it. I think that's part of the reason where legalism comes from is we, yeah. we try to explain God. And, mm-hmm. and he's this infinite being that's way beyond our ways and and because we want to sound smart or because we want things to make sense we mm-hmm. try and find these little answers to things and yeah. there are just some things that maybe you won't understand in this life and yeah and right. well and i love that like the title of today is hope in hard times and i love well, i mean we preached on this a few weeks ago but i think our tendency is is to try to anchor ourselves in the middle of a storm mm by trying to explain or rationalize, you know, what we're doing. And and I even think that in some ways it can be easier, like you said, to be able to just explain it, to be like, mm. well, this happened because I did this or because you mm. did this or because we did this. And, and in some ways that's easier because I think our tendency is to try to to, to grasp something that we can anchor ourselves wherever the wind's blowing and the asteroid field is coming in around. Right. But the Bible says that hope is the anchor for our souls. That, that hope is what is going to anchor us in the middle of a storm. Mm-hmm. We, we spent a lot of time this past summer out on the lake, and, I mean, like, you will drift so far before you even know what is happening not to mention in the midst of a storm. And so I, I think it's really key that in the middle of hard times that you don't don't rely on your ability to understand right. to be what anchors you, but to allow your hope to anchor you. And so, it, you know, the Bible says, we preached this a few weeks ago, but um, or a few months ago, when, when Abraham had got the promise from God, that they, he walked through all kinds of crazy storms, you know. He disobeyed and went to Egypt and then lied about his wife and got in a fight with his friend and, you know, got in the middle of all these crazy, you know, things and territory battles and everything. And then the Bible says that even when Abraham had no reason to hope, he kept on hoping. Hmm. And I think that that we can allow our hope that we have in Jesus to anchor us. And that's what he said. I love that about, I can't possibly imagine how people go through difficult things without God. Because that's hope. We know this. Hope really only truly comes from God. It's not in our economy. It's not in in our city. It's not in our job. All of those things that we found out this year can change just like that. Right. The only thing that doesn't change and doesn't move is God. He's never failing. He never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so... In the middle of the storm, I think hope in hard times is is the ability to anchor yourself mm. in the hope that only comes through God and not in trying to to rationalize or understand right. it. If we can hope and anchor ourselves in that hope and we walk through through it, we'll look back and we'll understand eventually. But right now you're not gonna understand. You just gotta keep right. on hoping. You gotta hope in the middle of hard times. Um and, and I, I love that as a theme, hope in hard times, because I do think that's the key. In the middle of a storm, you got to stay anchored. Right. Um, I think those difficult times either 
I, what I see in my experience is that difficulty either drives people closer to God or mm. further from God. Yeah. Mm. And, and I think that's a hard reality, but that's just what I see is, yeah. is difficulty, a tragic loss or tragedy or something, it, it either drives people closer to God or further mm. away. And I think the key is the anchor. Yeah. Do you anchor yourself with the hope that you can only find in Jesus, right. or do you try to rationalize everything and go, well, why could a good God allow yeah. this to happen, and why could you know this, and and you you start to allow your your anchor to be your rational understanding of that rather than the hope that comes from God. Yeah, I think that's so important. I think another way you mentioned feeling guilt in that moment I, I know for me it was like well, well did i lack faith did, did mm-hmm. i not have enough right. faith should i have prayed more and right. I, I just kind of every now and then like i'll have to remind myself like no that, that's not actually the reason mm-hmm. and I, as i begin to think about it it didn't even make sense to me because like we would pray for our baby every night and and right. still deal with that like so mm-hmm. I, I was just kind of had to like remind myself like this wasn't something of i didn't work hard enough. I didn't right. do right. enough. Or I, I did something wrong. That There are just some things that mm-hmm. we don't yeah. understand. It, yeah. God doesn't say we're, we're not going to face difficulty. He, nope. he says he's going to be with us. He says he's going to be faithful. And right. You know what faith is? Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Hmm. And I, I think it all, like, you know, weaves in together that, you know, we've made faith, you know, a, a like you said, a different thing. I mean, I, I love the scripture. You have faith just the size size of a mustard seed. You know, like Tiny, we, we've yeah. made this thing where like you got to have big faith in order right. to move the hand. Well, yeah, I believe in big faith, but the Bible says if you just have a little bit of faith, if you just have a little bit of substance right. of the thing that you have anchored yourself to, hope, right, then you're gonna you that's faith you know yeah. and and I, I again we've made this thing you know well you you know i don't know are you living in sin or do you have enough right. faith or is there too much unbelief or you know all of this and and i just don't i just don't see that i see yeah i see faith something that we certainly have to work at and strengthen and grow but i, I love that it's if we can anchor ourselves, faith is the substance of things hoped for, right. and uh, in many ways, it, it actually starts with hope, yeah. and and it goes from there. And so, I, I, I love this so much. Yeah. I yeah. just get way too fired up and excited. Yeah. Maybe maybe you could kind of talk. I'm thinking about all these things that we can't do. Um, <laughs> what are some things in that moment where maybe you don't know what to do? What, what sure. can you do in that moment? Um, maybe maybe you can't fix everything going on but are there some things that you can kind of do some steps you can take in that moment well we're all males here and so we have to fix it right that's what Mm -hmm. we that's what uh, your wife is telling you things and you're thinking well how can i solve this problem and that's what not what she wants um so yeah i get what you're saying we 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 want to fix the problem um it's not it's not easy in the midst of hardship especially if it's acute um, to know what to do for for us, thank God, in our shock because we were in shock for days after this happened. Uh, we had people around us that thought for us, hmm. um, and and I think it goes back to being uh, able to say yes, I need help. Hmm. I had a dear friend call me and say, I can be on a plane in an hour. Do you need me to come? And I'm like, yes. And he was the perfect person for the time because he was one of those take charge kind of people. 
that took care of the insurance people that we couldn't get a hold of and took care of uh, my wife's schooling because the college was like, where are you at? How come you're not in class? Mm-hmm. And he just told it like it was, you know, um, and, and we needed him for that time. And God brought him to us. Wow. But if I hadn't said yes, I, I, I could use your help, hmm. um, I wouldn't have received the help. And so much of the time, and I think it's because of, maybe it's because of our culture, American culture, we're so afraid that we're going to be seen as less Mm. than, Mm. and that we we can't take care of our own problems. You know, well, you're a wimp. Why can't you man up and take care of that? You know, stand up on your own feet. Uh, Stop that crying. You know, we, we do these kind of things, and it's, it's, it's not healthy for a culture to be like that. Yeah, so we have so to good. we have to change it, you know. We have to say, look, it's okay if you're a man and you cry. It's all right uh, because you're sad. You're crying. That's okay. If you know, that's what we do when we're sad. We we are we we do cry. It doesn't make you cry, baby, and it doesn't make you weak to ask for help. Yeah. So uh, it's difficult, I know, in, in situations to do that at times, but. I think uh, the church, the body of Christ, is designed in such a way that we should be able to reach out to one another and ask for help without fear of judgment. Um, Because, as I had mentioned before, you know, people's theology is so messed up. They think God is up there with a bat, ready to bash them over the head as soon as they make a mistake. Mm -hmm. That's not the the Father I know. That's not the Jesus I know. He's not interested in punishing you for every wrong thing you do. He's not interested in that. He wants to love you, and he wants to help you through these things. Mm-hmm. He's not there to do uh, evil to you. It's like, there, Jeremiah says, I'm here. I know the plans I have for you. They're, gonna, they're plans to prosper you. They're plans to help you and be with you, mm-hmm. not the other. Uh, and so we have to be able to, to ask for help and reach out to the Lord. My goodness, um, the Lord is there for you. And also the body of Christ is, should be there for you. And I firmly believe in, in what we do in this church. Part of the reason it's growing like it is, I believe, is because people care about one another. Mm-hmm. And that needs to happen without question. Mm-hmm. Um, to be available, you know, not by a phone call or a text, you know, I'm going through this. Mm-hmm. And to just be responsive um, is so huge. Mm-hmm. It's just so huge. We just, we, we can't put a price on it. Yeah. I love what you said about being able to say yes, you know, like, yeah. Um, you know, we even we even covered that a few weeks ago. Well, last week about honor. You know, you got to mm. be able to give honor, but you also have to be able to receive honor. Right. And Very I think true. a lot of people they they think that you know if they accept somebody's you know helping hand that they're gonna you know owe them in the future mm. or yeah. you know it's like all this this weird you know and I and I mean I feel that at times I think we all do but being able to to say yes, to yeah. a, even to ask for help, um, you know, and, and being able to, you know, I think it's a humility thing to humble yourself enough to say, I need help mm-hmm. and I receive help. And um, I, I, I think that's so, so, so good. Yeah. I, I think about this too. Uh, I think the tendency when you're, you're going through something, when you're stressed or you're overwhelmed, like, I think we we also kind of get in this mentality of never really slowing down, never really doing these things. And I think we have to be intentional to slow down. Like the the tendency is not to like 
like we talked about, we, we miss the grieving process, the tendency is just to move on right. with life and ignore these things. And I think maybe even setting a daily rhythm, like if you're, if you're going through something like what's going to help you, what's going to give you life at this moment in time? What's yeah. maybe you need some daily rhythms. Maybe you need to set a time where you're reading the Bible. Maybe you need to start journaling. Uh, um, like I, I, I remember we, we kind of decided we're going to go for walks every day just because mm-hmm. we need a little bit, some, some break from mm-hmm. just the daily rhythm to, to kind of refresh your minds and maybe clear uh, the frustration. And I, I've even done this the last few years really is a, a gratitude journal because mm-hmm. there's something yes. about like shifting my perspective where I, I have this tendency to just get negative, get get frustrated and when I can kind of shift the perspective it like it it changes the rest of my day yeah um but can you maybe talk about just I was just kind of thinking about that that idea of like setting like for me it was a gratitude journal but um maybe just building some optimism in in yourself like how does that kind of help the process where you looking at hope looking at Jesus like yeah. Is there something to that? Like, does it help to have an optimistic perspective, or uh, what would you say? Well, I think that? we're 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 talking about this very thing, you yeah. know, throughout this, and that is, uh, we we believe in something greater, yeah. in a purpose greater, uh, and and anchoring yourself in Jesus and in His Word is going to bring optimism, mm-hmm. because we know that one day we'll be with Him in eternity. We we read the end of the book; we know how it ends. And it ends in glory, uh, and I think that's uh, that's huge. I will see my daughter again. Mm-hmm. I, I will see her again in glory. It's not uh, it's I miss you, but one day I'll be with you uh, in glory. So optimism. Uh, and I talked about this with the anxiety piece. Turn off the news. Uh, it's pretty much useless anyway. <laughs> it certainly is bias. I I tend to try to pick up my news a little bit from the local channels rather than the the corporate big channels because. Um, you know the the language is so inflammatory, and they want to get you upset about something that's going on, and and really we don't know really what's going on anyway. And, and guess what? You can't do anything about it anyway. So why, why get upset about it? Yeah. Uh, and so I've I've definitely uh, turned that off. Um, and I, I talked about this before with um, social media too. There was a time where it just made me anxious and upset. So guess what? I turned it off, and uh, you know I limit myself on these things. How do you, how can you be optimistic? You know. There's so many, so much information now on how the human brain works and how the body is connected to the brain. Getting up, going outside, getting fresh air, being active is huge, mm-hmm. and it's going to make you feel better automatically. And you know, being outside in, in God's creation is always going to, I think, make you feel better mm-hmm. uh, with the sun, you know, and the vitamin D and everything else that we can get from just being in our our natural environment is so powerful. So that's mm-hmm. that's a great thing you're doing there. But you can, like I said, you can go find all kinds of mindfulness techniques mm-hmm. and how to help with anxiety, you know. It, it's gotten to be such a broad topic uh, of things that you can do to help yourself be more optimistic or more productive or whatever it is that you're looking for that I I don't need to speak to those things because frankly everybody's different and everybody's yeah. going to get something from from that now you're walking you know my kid would never benefit from that um, going out and getting a coffee with friends would would be helpful to her because she's just got to be interactive with people yeah. me journaling is is helpful I journal uh, as well and that helps me and reading 
uh, helps me. I, I, I read, oh, I shouldn't say this, maybe don't tell anybody. I, I read, I read uh, cowboy books. I read Louis L'Amour. I, I read uh, Elmer Kelton, and, and they're great books. I love, I love Westerns, mm-hmm. and that helps me. I mean, it, it, I guess the optimistic part is back in those days, you didn't need much, you know, to, to make your life work. Of course, you didn't yeah. live long either. Uh, so I enjoy those, and the other my other vice is Star Trek books. I read oh, yeah. I read those uh, fan fan books, you know, mm-hmm. Captain Picard and Kirk, both of them. I like them both. So mm-hmm. I read. And there's lots of um, you know novels yeah. from the from well, those. And I love that. And that's some of what I was trying to you know get at earlier a little bit with the extroverted and introverted. Is I think one thing I've learned this year is like being self aware enough about the way that I'm feeling. Yes. To kind of experiment with some of those things a little bit, you know, like the walking and, you know, all these things. For me, I, I think that I have I felt guilty about when I was really tired mm. to that I needed to unplug and stay at home, you know, and and that didn't feed me, you know. <laughs> I, it was actually this week that I had this epiphany and I have had a lot of epiphanies of, about these similar things over the years as like as certain things have made me feel a certain way and I've I've been self-aware enough to go whoa, whoa, whoa something something's off and instead of just letting that happen I want to try to drill down and understand yeah. what's causing that and so this week I, I had just a crazy week last week I worked like 65 hours last mm. week and we had a concert at our Boise campus and it just was like two 14-hour days in a mm. row and uh and 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 I had a dinner that was scheduled on Friday night towards the end of the week. And my tendency was like, I am exhausted. I mean, I was literally toast on Friday after this all week. And and I, I was like, I should cancel that dinner. And I mean, I had to drag myself out of the couch and I, I kept the dinner. And I got there and we played games and we fl- played this this uh, it's this new game that I'd never played called What Do You Meme? Have you seen this game? Mm-mm. Oh man, it's a blast! You like you put a little meme, just the picture without the words up, and then you get all these cards and you try to complete the meme with like putting down a card and then you judge like who has the best one. So much fun! Mm. I is two hours at this like dinner and playing games, and I felt so good. And in my mind, I felt like that was a work, like a work dinner that I was mm. like going to, you know, and I was like, I, I need to cancel it because I'm too tired. That's what I should do. And I, I looking back, I left and I'm, I'm so glad I kept yeah. this dinner because now my wife, she's different, you know, and she, she's more introverted and that, you know, mm. like, you, like you said, it would drain you more. But for me, yeah. spending time with the right people when I'm exhausted Right. is actually a key for me. And it was like, I mean, maybe this is not mind-blowing for anybody else, but for me it was because I spend a lot of time, you know, really, really tired at home tr- thinking that I'm resting, which again, that's good. Rest is good and it needs sure. to be healthy. But for me, being able to spend time with people that recharge me for an extroverted personality is so important. And I always felt guilty for that, mm-hmm. that I'm doing too much or I should be at home resting or you know, whatever. And so again, I, I don't want to make this podcast about that, but I love to, to really be self-aware enough to go, yeah. what does actually recharge me? Right. Is it right. reading a book? Man, praise God, read a book. Yeah. Is it going on a walk, man? Go on a walk. Like, yeah. 
you know, but whatever it is to kind of hunt for whatever those things are that, that refuel you, recharge you. Right. And, and try to work those into your rhythms in life because yeah. I think it's very different for every single person. Mm-hmm. And, yep. and being, being um, aware enough to, to, to determine what those are, I think yeah. is like part of the battle, at least for me right now. So, sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, maybe kind of the final question. Could you maybe talk a little bit about just like how can your faith grow? We, we kind of dug into that a little bit, but what, yeah. what are some things that you saw in your life or you've seen in others where you, you just, God did something in, in your life through that? I've, I've kind of a, thought of it this way over, over the past couple of years where, um, uh, like when bad things happen, it, it kind of brings us down to a, a low point and really should bring us to our knees, like the whole idea of like we're seeking God in that moment. And I've learned this, that, that the tendency might be to just uh, turn away from God, but, but I've learned if we can learn to lean into God in those moments, mm-hmm. it will bring us to our knees and kind of using that analogy of being low, like digging into the ground because you're low. And I, I've learned this, if you're digging into God's word often, the the best treasures are found in the lowest places. And as you're digging a little bit deeper, leaning into God, I've found some, some great things that he might have yeah. for you in a moment that mm. you wish you weren't in, but yeah, God might have some for you. So what was the question? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Sorry. We'll see it. No. Um, how does your faith how grow? Your faith grow? <laughs> uh, I think you answered it. Um, it, it you have to just allow the Lord to, to move. I, I think being aware of the Holy Spirit and his, his um, still quiet voice in moments, uh, realizing that he's present and he's with you all the time, mm-hmm. uh, your faith is going to grow uh, in, in, in times of difficulty. It is if you press into Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and he's got a purpose, and, he's got a, and, and I may never know the purpose on the side of heaven of mm-hmm. what happened, for anyone, we we don't we know that it can cause us to be deeper um, people, and that uh, gives us an ability to empathize more with those mm-hmm. who are hurting, and that's a very good thing. Um, but we may not always know all the answers, and yeah. so Did our you, faith, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. no, go ahead. our faith is going to grow if we press in, uh, and 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 accepting challenges. Like I said, I'm not the dinner guy. But now I am, and uh, it's mm-hmm. it's good, you know. People came, and guess what? They didn't didn't throw up on me, or yeah, I can't stand this house. Why well, don't get out of here? You know, uh, there was nothing like that happened. It was a, it was a good time. We do it again this Sunday. So being challenged and um, and stepping out in faith, you know, the the, the thing about uh, our our movement, the church, is it's all about that, hmm. and and the way that uh, the pastors speak about things like tithing you're like oh no they're going to talk about but really it's a blessing if people will just step out in faith and do it Uh, and and that's something that me and my wife did years ago and guess what we're still we're abundantly blessed it's Mm -hmm. you know and i don't know about you know if you give tenfold god will bless you a hundredfold you know things like that but i do know god definitely has blessed us and it's it's you know listening to the holy spirit and his and his inkling is like Sometimes the Holy Spirit will speak, you know, that still small voice and uh, about doing something like a group and 
And I turned to my wife, you know, should we do this? Mm-hmm. And like, oh, I don't want to. But you know what? Maybe God has a purpose in it. So let's try it and see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think that's how faith is stretched. Mm-hmm. Did, you, did you feel like, I, I, I love the scripture that, that the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. And did, I mean, looking back on that season, did you, after the initial, you know, shock of everything, yeah. but did you feel like that was a season of, of real closeness to God, that you felt him closer than, than any other seasons? Yeah, I, I really I really sensed that. And I, I intentionally spent a lot more time mm. with the Lord, um, and I really felt his presence. Mm. Uh, even when I was on my face and just... Uh, when I talk about those kind of grief bursts, I would weep until there was nothing left. The well was dry. Mm. Um I would definitely get a sense that he was there um, and that he was, that his love was definitely present. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was comforting yeah. me in those times. Uh, I didn't feel, um, you know, and dare I say, I was profane at times with God mm-hmm. um, because I was so angry and so hurt. Um, I didn't feel like God was put out by, by my outpouring of wrath mm-hmm. uh, or frustration or hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, instead, I, I definitely sensed his presence in those moments. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, it made my worship deeper. Yeah. Um, and it helped me write music that I wouldn't have written otherwise. Yeah. Uh, so it was, it was it, yes, to answer your question, yes. Yeah. So I think it's, I mean, it's really fair to say that your, your faith really can grow and, and also... Yes your relationship with God can grow, you know, where you, yeah. I think that, you know, it's similar to um, anybody that I've gone through like a, a, a troubling situation with, or, you know, some sort of a weird encounter or scary encounter right. or something that was just a little outside of the ordinary. Those people that I've gone through those things with, you have a different relationship with them. Yeah. You know, you're, mm-hmm. I remember, you know, Pastor Jordan and I got caught in this crazy snowstorm mm. almost 10 years ago now in the church van on the way to Denver. And, I mean, it was wild. We got stuck in a city, and we all, we flew off the road one time or slid oh. off the road. Yeah. And, I mean, it was a scary, very intense situation. And we still, like, you know, you have a different relationship after you go through something right. with someone like that. And I think the same is is with God that when you go through those things where you're angry at God, right. sad with God, you know, through the whole grieving process, it's like you you have that yes. you have that relationship that is not is is different because you've gone through something together. Right. And I think that's in some ways what God wants from us through these things is that we are to go through them with him. And then afterwards, our relationship is closer. We're closer to him. Yeah. We can hear his voice better. We can understand what he's doing better. We can, we can you know, learn how to, to walk in right. that closeness moving forward, even after the difficult season, you know. And so I love right. that so much. Yeah. So good. Well, Doc Martin, God. any final words? Yeah. Um, I, you know, I just have to give a little plug for um, my profession because I would say, you know, if people, you know, grieving is, is, a, is a process and it's, it's a normal process and the sadness that we have is a normal process. Um, 
but if people find that they cannot function um, in their daily life, you know, now your sleep is deeply affected, appetite is weird, thoughts of wanting to die yourself, you know, these kind of things, you know, you need help. Yeah. Um, I used to be part of what they call the SISM team, which was something we did in prisons. We would do this uh, with staff who, you know, had experienced a traumatic event. You know, they were maybe assaulted or something like that. And my role as a professional counselor was really to observe, to see if anybody was disassociating. In other words, they weren't present. Mm -hmm. Um, They were having a traumatic, you know, experience, and they were not able to, you know, function in that setting and those would be the ones we would pull aside and try to try to see if they were okay or not or recommend some help for them. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, um, people were able to help one another. Uh, and it was rare that I would even have to think about getting involved. So um, I don't want to give a plug in the sense that everybody needs to go to counseling. I mean, I have been to counseling. It's not for everybody. But if you find that in, in your daily life you're not functioning uh, and even you have people that care about you saying, hey, you know, you're not – you're not doing well. You need maybe you need to get help. You, we need to listen to that and and get the help that we need. So yeah. I would just end with that. I, I suppose yeah. no, I think it's yeah. so important. Yeah. And I think listening to the other people in your life is the most important. You yeah. know, like who? What does your wife tell you that? Right. What does your wife think you should do? Yes. Um, you know, what does your husband think you should do? What does your parents think you should do? Right. You know, and, and and really listen to that because it is it is important. And, Amen. Amen. Hey, thanks so much for joining us, everybody. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button on YouTube. That bell. Ring that bell. Ring Clip that bell. that bell. Sorry, I, I'm not as Click. cool as you, That's man. That's the I mean, name. I don't know. I, I think you're cool. Sorry. Ring that Cling. bell. It's a cool shirt. Thanks, man. Anyway, Cling hey, bell. see you guys later. <laughs>